Hey, everybody, you've just tuned in to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast, and we are officially in the midst of what's known as the legal tampering period. It's the time when teams can legally tamper with free agents and the like, and boy, was the NFL busy today as were our very own Pittsburgh Steelers and uh, we have a lot to cover and uh, first and foremost um, you know thanks again for listening and um, be safe out there I I, I know many of you are on many different ends of the coronavirus or COVID-19 spectrum when it comes to how serious things are Uh, all all I can tell you is just uh, just just keep washing those hands and Social distancing, people, social distancing, which is why we do the podcast from three such remote places in the United States of America. Anyway, uh, Ian and Ben are joining me tonight because we have a ton to cover. Uh, Ian, how are things for you this evening? Pretty good. Everything's more or less shut down here around Pittsburgh. The governor issued an order today that all bars and restaurants in Pennsylvania have to close. Um, So it's going to be pretty quiet here uh, in the greater Pittsburgh area for the next few weeks. So plenty of time to just... yeah, that oh. happened over the weekend. Um, well, actually, real St. Patrick's Day is tomorrow, Tuesday, but the right. Right, parade events, festivities, were the parade was canceled, but that didn't stop some people from parading themselves <laughs> through the streets. I was not no. one of them. Um, but nevertheless, uh, that's unfortunate. Know, it's it's going to be quiet here in Pittsburgh for the next few weeks, so a good time to you know keep an eye on the Steelers and what they're doing. Thankfully, we have some news. And, uh, of course, chiming in there on the other side is uh, Ben, who... Uh, was told he can't work out anymore, and he's he's struggling with that. Ben, uh, you gonna make it, man? Oh yeah, I mean it, it is what it is. I the governor here also issued the same order. Uh, bars and restaurants are closed except for takeout and delivery, yeah. uh, and she banned gatherings of more than twenty five people. So the gym uh, had an occupancy issue, and they closed. <laughs> Consequently, uh, yeah, it's gonna yeah. be in a bad mood I, I, for a while. I I don't know what to make of it. Uh, my daughter's home from college because hers closed, and my son's obviously home. Our place where I teach and he attends is is closed up, and and today was basically day one of that, and I'm already going out of my skull. So uh, I, I'm really hoping that this thing moves along a lot faster than than what uh, they're suggesting. But well, enough of that. People are here. What's hopefully, that? Hopefully, you know what they're trying to do is give this thing a, a chance to incubate. Yeah you know, and keep us all separated and then let it flame out. And I hope it works. I hope they're right. I do too. Uh, The Bay Area from basically San Jose to Pomona, which is North Bay to South Bay Mm -hmm. and both sides, San Francisco, Oakland, all of those suburbs. The Bay Area is on a mandatory quarantine as of 9 p.m. tonight. Oh, boy. Well, yeah, I mean, Seattle's next, man. Seattle is next. Italy did and and other countries in Europe. And I I think it's a matter of time and it's going to be a real eye opener for a lot of Americans. But I know you uh, you guys aren't here to listen to that. You want to hear some some Steelers talk and get away from all that. So that's what we're here for. Um, uh, Yeah, we'll do our best anyway. Um, Let's just jump right in here. And uh, the Steelers went ahead today and placed the franchise tag on Mr. Bud Dupree. And uh, that means that he will be a Steeler at least for one more season. As Kevin Colbert um, said at the Combine, he stated quite clearly that when we tag a guy, it's with the intention that we hope, and I stress hope, 
to uh, sign him to a long-term deal, but um, uh, we shall see. Um, Ian, I'm assuming you thought this was the right move, and and what are your uh, hopes for a a potential long-term deal for Bud? So previously on the podcast, I had said my, uh, you know, probability that I thought of signing him was very, very low. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was all, as we talked about before, you know, contingent upon the collective bargaining agreement passing. And the the real crux of the CBA passing um, yeah. was for the 30% rule to go away, which makes all of the restructures that we've been getting words about today happening a lot easier to happen with 30% rule going away. So um, that being said, they were able to free up enough cap room to work that franchise tag uh, underneath the cap right now. Um, currently, it's valued at about $15.8 million. Um, I'll say that with subject to change because that's the linebacker number. Um, the defensive end number is a bit higher. I know that Shaq Barrett in Tampa is appealing his tag as a linebacker and trying to get the defensive end number. Um, and then there's rumors that even some of the interior linemen, the, the right, defensive right. tackles are appealing their franchise tag numbers and want to be considered as pass rushers as well. Um, rather than as interior linemen. So there may be some change with those franchise tag numbers, uh, but where it stands right now, the Steelers are currently under the cap just barely uh, based on our best estimations because we don't know um, you know, what some of the minimum salary schedules are and things like that. The restructure right. numbers haven't come out exactly. Um, and as you said at the beginning, we're in the legal tampering period. So the franchise tag is, is solid. The cuts are happening, but any uh, contract agreements can't actually take effect until the start of the new league year, which happens with the start of free agency. To answer your other question, as far as a long-term deal goes, mm-hmm. um, I would look at the deals that Green Bay gave to Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith last year. Sure. Um, yeah, those those numbers are probably about in the range of where uh, Bud Dupree will fall. Uh, Zadarius Smith, he got uh, a contract that was a $20 million signing bonus, so that would be more cash up front than Dupree's mm-hmm. getting right now with the uh, with the franchise tag. Um, and his deal was a four-year, $66 million deal. Uh, but his first-year cap hit, which is important for right now, was only $7.2 million. So uh, potentially, if they gave Dupree an identical contract to what his Kentucky counterpart, Zadarius Smith, true, got, because they both came out of the same draft class in Kentucky, um, yeah. you know, they could potentially reduce his cap hit in half versus what it is on the franchise tag. Um, you know, the, the future year numbers are a lot more. It goes up to 17, 20, 21. Um, but that being said, you know, uh, for, for a year one situation, they could potentially save some money there. And that may be kind of their thinking as well, that uh, they're, you know, franchising him now that right. gives them till, uh, you know, the middle of summer to work out July a long-term 15th. deal. Yep. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. July yep. 15th to work out a long-term deal. And if they do that potentially then frees up cap room to, you know, sign their draft picks essentially. Yeah. So a lot to unpack there with him. And, and as you said, you know, there's, there's comparable deals uh, with the two, two gentlemen uh, in green Bay and, you know, the, the debate over who's a pass rusher, who's not all that kind of stuff and where those things fall. Um, so, so Ben, I'll, I'll, I'll basically throw the same question to you, but I'm also going to add in there. Um, are are you concerned that if they do this, that they're going to lock up an awful lot of money uh, with three or four defensive guys um, in terms of Watt, who's going to have a huge payday coming? Obviously, Cam and Tua also have some pretty big chunks there as well. 
What was the original question? Well, my original question was, was you know, thoughts on the Dupree uh, tagging. Was it the right move? And then is is signing him to a long-term deal the, the priority here, which I think it is. But but what just your overall thoughts on that and then the fact that they could ultimately be, be paying uh, four guys along the front pretty significant money. Uh, I think it was the right move given the circumstances. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got you got a shot, maybe this year and next, and that's it. And then you know, and I what I mean by a shot is a shot at contending, mm-hmm. being a champion. So you you kind of go all in, and and you know, Dupree. You know, I I don't think that. Well, I'll I'll circle back to that. Um, but yeah, th- this year. They are going to have some issues because they're puddle deep now at linebacker. They got nobody behind the starters. I mean, basically, you've got Bush and Vince, your starters at inside, and Watt and Dupree outside, and the guys behind them are very inexperienced. Mm-hmm. So the young young kids are going to have to step up. Um, maybe and that they comes with the cuts of uh, Chicolo and Barron that right. happened today. So, yeah, right. Yeah, we'll get to those. So, so, uh, was it the right move? Yes, it was, but it, it's not without consequence. As far as paying all those guys big money up front, and the four guys you're talking about are Dupree, Cam Hayward, Stefan Tuitt, and TJ Watt, who is going to make $24 million next summer per year, I'm going to guess. Um, He's going to buy a I lot of Subway sandwiches. Yeah, I don't see them paying both those guys a combined $40 million a year. I just don't. I don't, um, I don't either. They might, but I, I don't think so. I do believe, um, I do believe Colbert when he says that he wants to sign a long-term deal with Dupree, because, you know, yeah. he's, he's trying to negotiate in good faith and I get it. And if they can structure it to make it work for the team, they'll do it. Um, maybe have some, you know, some bigger cap hits scheduled later in the, in the, the, contract schedule i don't know right but i am not a fan of signing bud dupree long term that's i'll just go on record and say that right now he's had one good year out of five um i don't trust him to stay productive and more than that i suspect that another guy who was a very athletic linebacker could perform well opposite tj watt Mm -hmm. in that spot on the right so all of that being said, I kind of hope they don't. And it, I would be surprised, honestly, if they come to terms for two reasons. I, One, yeah, they're not going to be be willing to pay what he wants. And two, on and I've said this before, Bud's got one shot at a big contract right now is the way his agent has to look at it. And he would be professionally negligent if mm-hmm. he didn't try to maximize this opportunity for his client absolutely maximize it and if he accepts anything less than say 16.2 million per year uh he should be fired he should <laughs> well that's exactly where i am i think this is going to end up being a one a one year rental type thing and i think dupree's going to be gone next year because i just don't see him paying that much money for two outside 
uh, pass rushers, but, you know, stranger things have happened. Um, but I, I think the point you're making about his agent maximizing what really does amount to his his last big contract, I think it has tremendous merit, and uh, I think that's a huge factor here. So when Colbert goes in there and, and probably, you know, in their opinion, lowballs him a little bit, I think that's worth going to be stuck and he'll play under the tag and and we move on but um I, I i'm also like you ben i'm also a little hesitant about what he's going to be able to do four years of relatively average play a really solid year this year and and i'm not overly confident that that he's going to be able to to repeat that so you know obviously i hope i'm wrong we we often hope we're wrong on this show but um the the tagging of bud dupree uh ian Basically, it was just a matter of the other shoe dropping, and eventually it did with Anthony Chiquillo um, being cut, being released, if you will. Um, your, your thoughts on that, and, and you know, is this a situation they're just going to try to find depth in the draft now? What, what do you do there at that outside linebacker reserve spot? Uh, for stars, it's about damn time. I mean, they probably should have cut Chiquillo <laughs> last year whenever, uh, you know, he got into that off the field incident, um, but they kept him around. His salary had an escalator in it this year with a $5 million base salary. So they saved 5 million against the cap by cutting him. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that was absolutely the right move to make considering that, um, you know, his dead money is only around a million dollars. So, I mean, he was, he was set to count almost 7 million towards the salary cap for a backup outside linebacker that, you know, really, was only good on special teams so they can they can get similar special teams uh acumen from a handful of guys um Mm -hmm. but you're i mean ben's point's absolutely right the the younger guys are going to have to step up your backups now are ola denny and tuzar skipper and probably going to have to add someone in the draft because there really isn't uh you know there, there really isn't a lot of money to spend in free agency right now um on on the point about Dupree being on a one-year contract, you know, I'm firmly of the opinion that there's no such thing as a bad one-year deal because it doesn't hamstring you in the future. So if Dupree plays under the cap this year, or under, sorry, under the cap, under the franchise tag this year, um, then, you know, that's a, a big salary number, but it's just for this year, right? Kind of like back in the day with, uh, mm-hmm. with Jason Worlds mm-hmm. when they gave him the transition tag. You know, people were saying they should assign Jason Worlds to a long-term deal, and then he retired the next year to go off and yeah. be a Jehovah's Witness or something. Um, so, you know, the, the, that one-year deal didn't hamstring them in the future as far as, you know, dead cap money went. So I think that if Dupree plays under the tag this year, it is what it is, and they're able to handle it with the the cap dollars. There's potentially more, you know, restructures or extensions coming. Cam Hayward's in the last year of his deal with a nine and a half million dollar base salary, so he's a potential candidate to get extended. Joe mm-hmm. Hayden got restructured today. Uh, Vance McDonald got restructured today. Chris Boswell got restructured today. So there's potentially some other deals out there to do to save some cap room as well. Ramon Foster retired, which was a huge benefit for the Steelers, yeah. uh, both from a PR standpoint of not having to trade or cut him. Um, and Foster is also able just to spend his whole career here and retire as a Steeler. So I think it's, yep. it's a good parting for everyone there. Yeah, I, um, I'll i have some some takes on uh, Ramon Foster here coming up shortly. But um, Ben, um, I, I know you, you, like me, like Ian, none of us have really been um, <clears throat> fans 
of uh, Anthony Chiquillo. Uh, so not a surprise at all. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll let you comment on that. But I'll also transition you into Mark Barron as well, who, who plays just the one year in Pittsburgh. And um, uh, I, I'm not surprised by this at all. Um, so, so go ahead and uh, uh, give me your thoughts on those two guys. I want to throw a wild card in here. How big a disappointment was Johnny Holton? <laughs> who was also who was also cut today? I mean, I I thought that kid was going to be a special teams demon, number five wide receiver that would eventually become like a number three, and he did nothing after the preseason. He was except drop the ball. Well, yeah, I, I that's a fair assessment. I mean, I. I really did think he was going to be a guy that they could use occasionally. Just you know, here, Johnny, go go run a fly route uh, and, and catch the damn ball. And it just it just never came together for him. And uh, you know, he, he's obviously smaller potatoes compared to these two guys that were cut. Yeah, but yeah. As far it, it, as it Chicolo is, goes, yeah. Chicolo yeah. sucks. Um, we've, we've all gone on record for that. I'm just saying it. He sucks. He's not good. No. He can't defend the run to save his life. Um, he's a slightly above average pass rusher, but he's incredibly inconsistent. Uh, he's got a good burst off the line, not mm-hmm. real strong. Um, yeah, whatever. Goodbye. Go sign with the Patriots again. I'd really like that. Please do that. <laughs> um, Mark Barron, you know, uh, the thing that sucks about Mark Barron was about Mark <laughs> Barron leaving was you could, you could run the nickel and you could have too fast linebackers on the field mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and what they're going to have to try and do now is backfill that extra backer spot with Terrell Edmonds who also can't cover right and bring in another safety to play strong or bring in another guy who is a fast linebacker um, and probably not on this roster right now uh, maybe, you know, um, Gilbert, maybe, I mean, I don't, I don't know who else it would be. Gilbert is, is the yeah. possibility Ulysses Gilbert, yeah. Uli Gilbert. If he had, if he got enough out of being in the system for a year, mm-hmm. maybe he could come in and he could be that guy on third downs when they run with four backers, right. which they don't always do, but sometimes they do second, and third down passing situations. Uh, that was the one thing that Baron helped out with. Um, other than that, Bush can do everything that Barron did and do it better. I don't know why he got so many snaps last year. It still bugs me. Uh, so that said, good riddance. Bye-bye. Um, you know, obviously we wish the guy well, but he didn't justify his cap number. Uh, it's just, it's the best thing for the team that he goes ahead and he leaves. Uh, but like I said before, yeah, the young guys are going to have to step up. Gilbert, um, mm-hmm. Ola, those guys are going to have to step up. Tuzar Skipper loves being a Steeler. Better work his ass off and bring something this year because we need those young guys to step up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I, I'm totally uh, in agreement there. Um, I, I I do want to mention too, and and you guys kind of alluded to this already. Um, that that Vance McDonald restructured today, and and you know really, it had kind of started in recent weeks, but but I saw a little bit of it this morning as well. There was 
some speculation that that even he was on the chopping block and, and you know we we none of us really would agree to that simply because then what do you got left there's no way in god's green earth you're going to go into training camp with zach gentry as your number one tight end so um I mean, or even number two for that matter. So, you know, the fact that they restructured him today, Ian, I mean, was that really a surprise to you at all? No, not at all. We talked before about sort of the replacement level cost of Vance McDonald, right? That you would save five Mm -hmm. and a half, maybe six million against the cap if they cut him um, and, and what you could get for that level, which was basically a Jesse James type player. I mean, the contract that, Dallas gave to Blake Jarwin today was a lot more than what we would have saved uh, cutting Vance McDonald. So you're not even mm-hmm. getting a player as good as Blake Jarwin. Um, you know, I know a lot of people like his upside in Dallas, but he's not really a proven commodity either at this point. So right. it's, you know, it's one of those things where they weren't going to be able to get someone as good as Vance for what they were paying Vance. So they were going to keep him around anyways. And the unique thing about Vance's contract, because it was one that was done by the 49ers and then traded to us was that he, his contract had some team options in there that the team can choose whether or not to extend him for a year or two on the end of his deal, which is something the Steelers don't typically do, but it was something that the 49ers did. And one other thing to add on Ben's point about Mark Barron is the Steelers have for a few years now, really since they lost Shazier, been trying to work in sort of this like uh, heavy dime package where they have a a third safety on the field trying to cover tight ends. Um, They haven't really successfully been able to do that. Signing Barron was sort of a a hybrid of that, that Barron had mostly played linebacker in the NFL, but had played safety in college. He just was, uh, he was, not quite fast enough. He was always one step too slow, right? He always got to yes. you know, he got to yes. he got to the receiver a step after the receiver caught the ball. He would catch a running back coming out of the backfield a step after he got to the first down line. Um, you know, he he just was never was never on the ball. He was always just after the ball, which in today's NFL isn't good enough. So, I don't really know what exactly that means for the defense. I don't know if uh, God forbid, like they give Marcus Allen a shot in there, which I don't want to see. But I think the actual solution, I think the much better solution that will probably be Cam Sutton and some type of four four cornerback look where you have Sutton and Hilton playing both slots and then Hayden Mm -hmm. and Nelson on the outside. Um, So I think a more traditional dime package, especially on third and longs, uh, is going to be more of what we see with Cam Sutton getting more snaps. Yeah, I mean that that makes sense to me. Um, well, with, with just, four you know, wides, yeah, go ahead, man. With four wides, you can do that. If if yeah. you're not in four wides, if you're trying to cover a tight end and a running back, you're not going to use Cam Sutton. I mean, you're just not. I, I don't yeah. see it. Cam so Sutton. He's, like, you know, he's not a he's not a heavy package guy. He's not a guy who can who can run with a tight end and then take him down. Um. He's not a good tackler. Sorry, Steelers fans. I know you hate it when I say that, but Cam Sutton is not a good tackler, which is why he did not play on first and second down last year. He's great in coverage, mm-hmm. which is wonderful. He's a smart player. Smart he can play the whole field. It's great. But he's not a good tackler. So I don't see him covering tight ends. I don't really see him covering running backs either, at least not, you know, say even like a James Conner type. Because mm-hmm. James Conner would run him over. He'd catch the ball and run him over. Um, so, Juju well, would, too, for that matter. Yeah. 
uh, well, like you were saying, I mean, uh, with Baron gone, it, you know, that possibility does exist. You slide uh, Terrell Edmonds down in there. And of course that means you've got to add in another safety, you know, and, and hopefully, <laughs> I don't think you know, hopefully you, you adding, you're adding another safety or Yuli Gilbert steps up and becomes that guy. Well, that'd be I, ideal. I Absolutely. That would be outstanding. Yeah. Because yeah. he's got the speed. He's got the lateral quickness. His coverage is, uh, it wasn't great last year. It wasn't right. terrible, but it wasn't great. And, you know, maybe he's taken some strides and, and become a better coverage backer. And that would be, like you said, a really ideal situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because Matakavich isn't going to be that guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, look, we love red uh, on special teams and, and you know, the occasional fill-in play. But, yeah, there's no way you can count on him long-term as a uh, a linebacker in this defense. And that, that just is what it is. Um, guys, I, I do want to take a moment to mention that uh, the big ragu, Ramon Foster, we did mention that he uh, formally retired today. Um, I think it was pretty matter of fact that um, he was probably going to get cut by the Steelers had he not retired. There were some early rumors that they were going to try and shop him. You're you're not going to shop a 34 year old um, offensive guard who who hasn't had his best years the last couple of years. So I don't know where that comes from. Maybe yeah, it's his, just a, I, I don't understand I don't how. I don't understand I, how Steelers fans thought that that the Steelers could get anything for him in trade. His his blocking fell off a cliff last year. It did. It did. Um, that that said, what I do want to say is that I think he was a great story, um, yeah. a, a guy that was just you know kind of an afterthought uh, coming out of Tennessee, and he worked his tail off and got himself into the starting lineup and, and, and has been, you know, a very solid player there for a long, long time. Great guy off the field, great guy in the locker room. I, I wouldn't be surprised. And I, Ian, maybe you'll know this better than me. I wouldn't be surprised to see him do something with uh, the Steelers, um, you know, maybe with their preseason uh, telecast or something like that. And, and maybe work his way into a, a TV role because he, he seems to do well when he gets a mic shoved in his face. He, he does. And he was always, you know, a guy that um, was in contention for uh, what do they call it? The, the chief award for being the most media friendly, um, yeah. you know, all the, all the media guys today was saying, said how he was such a good interview and was so open with them. And I mean, he's a smart guy too. He was the Steelers player rep with the union as well. Yep. Um, so I, I definitely could see him, you know, maybe taking over for Edmund Nelson on the, the preseason pregame show pregame broadcast mm-hmm. or somewhere else, you know, maybe, maybe jumping in with Tunch and Wolf a few times uh, on their radio show. So I, I think he definitely has a career in, in football after, you know, after his uh, playing days are now over. Yeah. I, I, I just kind of got a gut feeling that's where it's going. Kinda, uh, ben, I kind of wonder yeah. if he isn't going to end up taking a bigger role in the NFLPA, becoming oh, part yeah. of the executive committee, uh, being part of the hierarchy there. I, that's just my gut feeling. That's my take at this point. He's been involved with the NFLPA for so long and has been so active for so long. And you look at the end of Charlie Batch's career. When he was done playing, he he didn't really, you know, he he retired sort of, but he didn't file his paperwork. And he was still involved with the NFLPA. 
And yeah, I kind of wonder if there isn't going to be a similar role for Ramon. I, I would not be a bit surprised if that's where he's headed. Um, you know, he, he certainly enjoys being in the Pittsburgh area and, uh, I, you know, I don't see him taking off any time, but when I look at some of the stiffs that ESPN, uh, puts up on, on NFL live and some of that, and I just, you know, I just think to myself, Ramon Foster would be so much better, but you're right. Uh, you know, right. what, what, what do I know? I'm a guy sitting no. behind a microphone right now. You're right. I agree uh, with you. Yeah, you know, I, I just do. I just, I think he would be, uh, I think he would be a good, a good choice to do that, and and you know, wish him well. Uh, uh, either way, um, so guys, obviously, there's just been tons of activity uh, throughout the NFL. Just sitting here at this recording, this podcast, the, the Bills have traded for Stephon Diggs from the Vikings. So it's just been one thing after another, um, and the the new league year, of course, starts on Wednesday. Um, 4 p.m. Eastern time and and teams have to be compliant being under the cap and all this other stuff. Um, And that's, that's also legal free agency when these signings can actually happen. Um, Ian, kind of a a football, non-football thing. Is the NFL doing the right thing by continuing this or should they be like the other leagues and and step aside and let the coronavirus thing run its course? Where, where, Where do you fall with this? Well, the NFL is slightly different than the other leagues because they're not mm-hmm. in season right now. They're not actually mm-hmm. playing games. All the other leagues were playing either spring training, preseason games in baseball, or actual regular season games in you know between MLS soccer and uh, NHL, uh, NBA. So it, it's um, it, you know it's one of those things where it's the off season. You can, with technology as it is now, you can do yeah. a lot by video conference, things like that. Um, the only real drawback right now is we get into both um, free agent signings and with pre-draft visits and things like that is you're not going to be able to have your team doctors do medicals on guys because mm-hmm. of all the travel restrictions. So you're going to either have to do physicals with doctors you trust in another city or put some kind of clause in the contract that it's contingent on uh you know them passing a physical once they're able to come to pittsburgh and do that uh the flip side of that for draft picks is mm-hmm. your prob the nfl seems to be moving ahead with their normal april draft date that and it's just you know they're just going to televise the announcing of the picks and not going to have a bunch of people in a room so mm-hmm. you might get to the draft and have medical questions on a guy that you can't answer at this point in time or you're going to have to trust doctors that you may not be familiar with so it's going to put a lot of extra pressure and weight on the scouting staff for the pre-draft stuff and i think um, you're going to see, especially the Steelers, who are creatures of habit, sort of rely a yeah. lot more on their existing connections, right? They've always had a good yep. connection with Ohio State's program. They always seem to get good good information on players out of there. Um, you know, Wisconsin, they've had a good relationship with Paul Chris, their head coach, who used to be Pitt's mm-hmm. head coach, um, you know, so they knew him while he was here. So those existing relationships with, with coaches, assistant coaches, with coordinators, things like that, the Steelers have signed on a bunch of former college coaches and coordinators um, to their pro staff now. Um, So falling back on, 
you know, people that have direct knowledge that you can trust is going to be really key heading into this draft season and key for the free agency season as well. But the Steelers won't have a whole bunch of money to sign anyone with now that they've yeah. franchise tagged Dupree. So less important for us for free agency, much more important for us for uh, the draft. Yeah, and, and the, the NFL has, correct me if I'm wrong, they have canceled the 30 uh, potential visits for draftees, right? For every team, yep. yes, that's correct. For every every team, yeah. Yes. yeah. Uh, ben, what, what's your take? Is the NFL doing the right thing here um, by continuing with this, uh, or, or do you think they should step aside? No, I think they're doing the right thing. Uh, trying to limit yeah. travel right now mm-hmm. is is key. I mean, every every organization, every company I know of is doing it. Um, air travel in particular is a, a big incubator for disease. I mean, how many times have you been sitting next to somebody who had a cold on a plane and then caught it? I mean, you know, it sucks. It is what it yeah. is. Yeah. Um, especially with, with coach room limitations being what they are now. I mean, you're mm-hmm. right up against one another, you know? Oh yeah. I, I don't remember the last time I, I, flew and somebody in coach wasn't pissed off because of somebody invading their personal space and it's just like dude <laughs> you know you're you're on a plane it, yeah. it's gonna be what it's gonna be you know um it, it you is. can get mad about it but you should have been prepared for this emotionally mentally before you boarded the plane and whatever uh so yeah n- probably a good idea although mm-hmm. i i do think that the patriots will go ahead and cheat because it's what they do. <laughs> and they will they will have some visits somehow, some way. And oh, yeah. They will flout the rules in some They'll way. They'll find a way around another. the rule. Yep. They will find yep. a way around the rule. They will send someone to visit the guy someplace or something. And they, they'll find <laughs> a way to cheat because it's what they do. Before we uh, wrap things up, I, I do want to uh, get you guys your your thoughts. The the CBA obviously is passed. That's in large part why we're talking about what we're talking about. Um, but but some of the big idea things here that automatically uh, kicks in the extra playoff team for for each conference. So they go from twelve to fourteen. One team each now will have a bye. That means you'll have three uh, games on what wild card weekend, so to speak. And um, uh, also going to have in 2021, you'll have the 17-game schedule, to which we still don't understand quite how that's going to work with, you know, who gets the odd-numbered home games, who doesn't, is it neutral site, all this other stuff. Um, Ian, where where do you fall on that, just obviously as a fan? I, I mean, uh, the players aren't crazy about the 17th game, but it is what it is. What What is your thoughts on it? So I think the the best way to do a 17th game is to have them all at a neutral site. So you still get eight home, eight away games, uh, eight true away games for each team, and then have neutral site games. Um, My preference would have been to see a second bye week added in, preferably like directly after the neutral site game. So if teams are traveling internationally for that game, you have another week to kind of recoup and recover from the extra Mm -hmm. travel. Um, Because this this isn't just going to be London. I mean, they're going to expand to Mexico. They're probably going to look to go to China, Japan, Germany, Brazil, all these other places uh, that had, you know, NFL Europe teams or have had other NFL interests. They're really looking to expand the global market here, which is going to mean more money for teams and potentially for players because that money all does filter down to um, what the salary cap numbers are also. 
as far as the uh, you know the extra team in the playoff goes, it, I don't think it's a massive impact um, to the playoffs. Uh, I think it is a, a big impact as far as the the only one team getting a bye. But yeah. you know the Steelers would have been the seventh seed this year. There's no way they would have gone to Kansas <laughs> City and beaten Patrick Mahomes in that team. Um, so yeah, you, you still so. you still would have had all the same playoff matchups essentially this year. The interesting note is that. The Steelers, um, if this had been in place for the last CBA, never would have missed the playoffs the last 10 years because every year they missed the playoffs, even the eight and eight years, they finished seventh in the AFC. So yeah. that kind of tells you just how close they are. Um, and as a side note, one of the sort of – Here's an interesting question for you guys. So if – uh, if seven teams had made the playoffs, the Bears would have made the playoffs in both 2011 and 2012. Lovey Smith got fired after 2012 in Chicago. Do you think they still would have fired him if they would have made the playoffs those two years? I don't know. I don't care. Uh, I don't want to see mediocre teams in the playoffs. I hate this. I hate it. I don't want to see a bunch of eight and eight, seven and nine teams making the playoffs. It's going to be well, like that, hockey where the like more than half the damn league makes the playoffs. It's bullshit. That was my argument today in the quick hitters, which you can find only at steelcityblitz.com. I said That's that. bullshit. The, you, the NBA and the NHL, right. more than half of the teams make the playoffs, and many times they're under 500, and I don't think that's right. No, I, I agree with you. I liked it the way it was. It was a perfect playoff format, and they're screwing with it because they're the NFL and they're a bunch of greedy bastards. Yep. And I get it, you know. Anyway, getting to the 17 games, I think the unintended consequence yeah. is going to be this. Guys are going to report injuries that don't exist and take a week off. <laughs> I see it coming. You might be onto something. Yeah. I, I am sure it is going to happen. The days of the Iron Man NFL guy are over. Oh, yeah. And guys are going to take weeks off. I I got this nagging thing and blah blah blah. Yep, it's really bad. I got to take the week off. You know, not even that. Just you know, I I don't think I can practice. Mm-hmm. I you can't practice all week. Fine, you're not going to play, and it is what it is. Um, I, I mean, especially guys like and I hate to say this, but um, wide receivers, freaking yeah. wide receivers are notorious for being lazy. Not Antonio Brown like lazy little bastards, and I got this thing, and I just can't get over it, and my hamstring, mm-hmm. and yeah, <laughs> and they're gonna feel justified doing so. They're gonna feel justified, so the product is gonna suffer on the field. I'm not a big fan of the 17th game for that reason. Um, we'll see what happens, but man, I I don't think it'll it'll diminish any of the 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 fans desire to watch but i i don't like it no i i'm not a big fan of it either i it's not like i'm not gonna watch but i i mean i i just don't like the wear and tear on these guys as it is yes i know they're getting a reduction in the amount of uh pad padded practices and training camp blah 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 but, you know, I, I'm not either. I liked 16 games. I liked the six in each conference. And, Ian, to uh, to answer your question, the playoffs are, are the key. And if Lovey Smith would have 
you know, made the playoffs those years. Yeah, I think he does keep his job. Um, yeah, I, I agree because with you. And, that's, and I, I think it does make an impact as far as, you know, perception of coaches too. Absolutely. Absolutely it does. Um, I mean, are you going to be you celebrating know. Mike Tomlin making the playoffs with an 8-8 eight and eight record? Or are you going to go... Oh, that sucks. I don't think it's. I don't think it's a, an issue of celebrating. I think what it is is you just you're, you're able to say, look at what he was able to do. I think we all look at this year, right? I mean, this year was a classic. I mean, that eight and eight season, quite frankly, was a miracle, uh, considering it what was. they were dealing with. You know, it was. And, and I'm not and saying if, that if they had everything. if they had somehow gone to Kansas City and won, yeah, oh, I would be giving him a big pat on the back and an attaboy and going, oh my god, you pulled off a miracle. Yes, yeah. I would be, and I will admit that. But just making the playoffs and and going on a road game and then getting thumped, no, right, yeah, uh-uh. no, no. It, it's you know again, that's all you know conjecture at this point. We'll we'll see where this is going to go. But that is my concern. We're going to see some seven and nine team uh, doing that, and it, it's going to be fascinating that first weekend. You're going to have six NFL playoff games in one weekend, so that's kind of exciting. Um, you know, you'll you'll probably have triple headers both on Saturday and Sunday, and um, you know, obviously the lowest remaining seed will play at the the top seed who had the bye, and then the other two winners will play. You know, so you know it, it'll be interesting. Um, but yeah, anyway, we're gonna wrap it up. I want to thank both uh, Ian and Ben for their time this evening, and uh, we'll definitely be keeping track of what's going on in the berg over the next few days and weeks of course and everybody please stay healthy out there you've been listening to the steel city blitz Steelers podcast and hey go Steelers. <laughs>